I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. Coming back from an injury. Today's topic is a little taboo in the running world. Runners do not like to talk about injuries or time off. The reality is that injuries do happen. And today we're going to chat about where to go to get treatment if you are injured and the best ways that we advise people to come back after time off once they are cleared to exercise again. Being injured can be frustrating, and as soon as you get cleared to exercise, it can be tempting to go full force and make up for last time, but that is not a good strategy. Often, this can lead to this vicious cycle of reoccurring issues and reoccurring injuries that happen time and time again. We want to set you up with tools so that you can be successful for a lifetime of running. This approach that we're going to share is going to be aimed at consistency over your lifetime and the progressive overload principle. It is better to always be on the safe side whenever you are coming back from an injury. And I know that can be really tough for people because there is that sense of, I wanna make up for last time. I had to take, you know, so much time off or I took a week off and I wanna get back. But that frantic approach, that fear-based thinking is going to land you probably in a not so great situation. So this can even be for people who, if you're sick for a week or if you're sick for a couple of days, like how do I come back? A lot of people are asking, how do I come back from COVID? I've, I've had COVID or I had the flu or coming back after having a baby. There's just so many scenarios in life that if you're a runner for you know, a decade, you're going to hit quite a few things that are going to lead to some time off and lead to, you know, having to come back, so to speak. So I know, Jason, you have some experience with the comeback and what is some of the experience or words of wisdom that you have learned along the way? Because I know there have been times where, you know, maybe in the beginning, like in your 20s, you had maybe a flare up and then you came back a little bit too aggressively only to have it like flare up again. So what are some of the things that you've learned to avoid things from re-flaring up? Because the last thing we want to do after we come back is get hurt again, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's the number one thing, right, is coming back um, in a conservative manner. So not overdoing it. You you should finish your first run back feeling like you could keep going, like it's super easy. It shouldn't be hard, you know, in any in any aspect in terms of cardio or aerobic. Um, it's mainly just to kind of test out your your leg, whatever is bothering you, to make sure it's strong enough to be able to endure the the running, the impact, and then not have a setback, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal. And so the next day you want to wake up feeling good. Um, 
depending, you know, I've, I've come back from a lot of injuries and I've taken like an every other day approach in terms of comeback. I've also taken like a, where you just do like a run walk approach. And so it sort of depends on the aggressiveness, um, or of your injury, you know, how severe it was, but then also too, like, what is your, um, your, your reason for coming back? Mm-hmm. Like, are you trying to get ready for a certain race, that sort of thing? And I know all those factors can kind of influence the rate at which you return. Right. But it's still important that you don't overdo it and that it's a slow progression when you come back. That's probably the number one thing. Yes. And I think there are like different comebacks, right? So I think coming back from an injury, especially, or like from burnout, you have to be like really, really careful. Whereas like if you're coming back from childbirth or maybe like you were sick, I feel like you might be able to get away with being a little bit more aggressive. I mean, you shouldn't, but when you're someone that's in this injury cycle, it's really, really important that we progress super slow because what ends up happening is people become like these serial chronic, oh, like I'm always injured. And really it's that you haven't given your body that time to adapt and to get back into running. Um, it's just been too stressful. And so your body breaks in a new and another way. And so taking it really, really slow is key. So we'll kind of talk about easing in with like the run walks and like this phase one. Uh, but I wanted to share like a story of one of our coaches. So I had a one-on-one meeting with coach Luke um, a couple of weeks ago and he was seeing one of his athletes came to him with a trial, um, maybe like eight weeks out. So they're about eight weeks out from this marathon. And the athlete came to us while she was in an injured state. So she was like, yeah, you know, I'm just someone who gets injured on and off. Um, and so at that time she was taking two weeks off for an injury. And she's like, I really just want to do this marathon in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, get me there. And, you know, there's a couple of things that, like, you have to address as a coach, obviously, when it happens. It's like, okay, we don't want to go into a marathon training cycle, especially a supposed, like, an eight-week one or 12-week in a state where you're injured. And so I think having these timelines for big goals and stuff, like, trying to crunch it in and, and doing this, like, frantic, like, oh, I have to build up. I have to do it now because, like, I'll probably be, you know, injured in the future that sort of thinking is not really going to get you places in the long term. And so just, I was telling him like how to have these tough conversations as a coach and really, you know, having that conversation up front because it's better to like know that, Hey, let's do the long game here. Let's think, you know, we can do this marathon. You can become a marathoner, but we want to do it safely. Um, there's two ways to do it, right? Like you can do it where it's like, okay, one and done. And it'll be probably a miserable experience. You might get injured in the process. Or we could do this like so progressive approach where we build your confidence. We build it so your body is strong so that you do not get injured. So you don't wear this label of, oh, I'm someone that's injury prone. Like we don't, you don't need Mm -hmm. that as your label. It's just a lot of it boils down to strength training, um, seeing someone for injury prevention stuff. So as soon as something like flares up, which we'll kind of get into, seeing someone, having a doctor that you go to. Um, And then obviously being really, really conservative with your training. And so a lot of the times we post on our social media and Instagram, we're like, yeah, do 80% of your runs at an easy pace, 20% at a hard pace. Well, the secret here is that when you're coming back from an injury, 100% of your runs should be at an easy pace. So we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We're not going to worry about workouts. Um, And I think that's like a secret that a lot of people maybe don't understand is when you're coming back, you really want to come back slow. And even myself, like as an athlete, I do more of like 90% of my mileage as easy and 10% as hard. And that's when I'm training hard because I know myself as an athlete, 
I'm going to break, get injured. It's not going to be as productive if I do, you know, 80-20. So I have to go more like 90-10. And so it's all about being on that conservative side. Yep. And I have a lot of experience with that, you know, starting uh, with run-walk method. Maybe you run one minute at a time one day, you know, do 10 minutes of that. And then the next day might be like 90 seconds at a time. Then the third day might be two minutes at a time. And then you kind of progress into running consistent blocks, you know, half mile blocks mm-hmm. with a minute walk break, that sort of thing. So there's a way you can kind of structure it to build throughout the course of the week so that hopefully by like the second week, you're able to run uh, easy run at a sustained pace. Um, but like you said, no, nothing fast, typically for at least probably three weeks for me coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of gets me into the next like topic of like the categories of how I would categorize injuries because there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's the things that you can kind of like run and train through and kind of manage. Like flare ups. Yeah, flare ups. That's <laughs> yeah. not an injury yeah. in my mind. But, you know, there's been things like I've dealt with Achilles problem or like a peroneal tendonitis and you're, you're able to train. But you're probably not trained at like the level that you could be training at if it wasn't an issue, right? But so there's things you can do with management um, in that if you're in that camp, right? Um, and then the next category I would say would just be like the minor injury that requires probably some treatment and maybe just like a couple of days off because it's inflamed. So you need to rest it or, or strengthen it, target it with some strength training. Um, and then the third category would be like the, the severe injury that's going to require significant time off, like either a, a bad calf strain or a stress fracture. Right. I liked those three different categories that you explained. So the first one is like a little flare up, like a niggle, you could call Mm -hmm. it. So for example, um, running in the snow in the winter, you know, sometimes like the first run out there when you're like trudging through the snow and it's like a long run, you might realize like, Ooh, like my hip flexor is a little off. Like I'm going to watch this. I'm going to like not do a workout, um, in two days just to make sure. So it might be like you're running and, and maybe you, you rolled your ankle for like a second and it's like, right. Ooh, there's like a little something or maybe you did a hill workout and like you kind of feel something in your glute hamstring for like the next day and you're like, Ooh, maybe I'm gonna. So it's something like you're watching and it's not, it's not something that's like super painful, but it's just something like you notice. And so like, that's like the first phase of an injury, right? So that is something that could turn into an injury. Right. And so for some people that might be like, Oh, there's a little bit of like shin tightness or like, oh, my foot's a little bit cranky after this run. And so really being aware as a runner of like what's going on in your body and when these flare ups do happen, actually like acknowledging that that pain is there and that you are feeling something different, I think is so, so important. So being aware, that's like the first step. So like being aware of niggles, things that pop up. Um, Usually those sort of like acute things, hopefully will go away on their own if you're not going to like aggravate it. Um, if it does kind of reach that next level where maybe you go on a run the next day or two days later and you realize like throughout the run, you're feeling it. Um, not like where it's super painful, but where you feel it, that's where I would say, okay, let's go get it checked out. Like, let's go get treatment now, um, while you're running and you feel something because what happens is if you continue to run through something where you feel there's something there, there's something there, um, it turns into something that's bad, right? It gets to that chronic level and you don't want to get to that chronic level. And so that's why if you feel pain, you should stop running, you should go see a doctor. And that's where it's really important to be like, who do I go see, right? So going to like urgent care is not going to like help your running injury, right? You want to go to someone that like specializes in sports medicine. Um, There are just so many, so many doctors out there that specialize in this area. Personally, where I like to go as like the first first line of defense is someone that is um, certified in active release therapy 
or who, like if it's a foot problem, I'm going to go immediately to a podiatrist that's in network. Um, or if it's, you know, something else kind of like soft tissue, like maybe hamstring or I don't know, like my back's hurting, I'm going to go to a physical therapist that specializes in sports medicine. Um, and some of these places do have like out of pocket rates that maybe are more affordable if you, uh, maybe have a high deductible plan or you don't want to get that referral because going through that referral process can be a little bit more lengthy. Um, so I like to kind of like ask around in your running community, like where is a good place to go? Are there any places that are like reasonable in network and also kind of people that know their stuff? Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why professional teams have like um, team trainers or physical therapists on staff, right. right? And so you need to think about your relationship with either a chiropractor, a PT, sports medicine doctor as sort of your team, your support mm. team for your for your own running. You may be someone that's fairly lucky in terms of like staying healthy, um, and you know you may not experience an injury for many many years, um, or you might be someone like me who's had kind of a lot of different range of injuries over the years and. Um, and so it's nice to be able to have someone in your court that you can go to. And so, you know, I have my, my set of doctors that I kind of see on a regular basis and I might pick one over the other based on like what the injury is, for example, or, um, you know, and so that in that way, it's kind of nice to have the experience of kind of going through the, the process of like, oh, I like to go to a chiropractor for this or a PT for this, you know, or podiatrist for this. And so start now with kind of establishing a relationship with at least a PT that you feel like you can trust. And how do you know if you're seeing someone who's, you know, what I would say is a good PT? I would say it should be someone that's able to kind of um, not seem puzzled by like what it is that you're feeling and then also able to treat it with some some sort of like manipulation where you can get some form of relief. And then, um, you know, and so that's, we've had a great relationship with a guy from when I went to, I went to see him back when I was a college athlete. I think I was 19. I had IT band pain. And I couldn't run without pain, really. Um, and after one treatment, it was just night and day difference. Like I could go and I could actually like race on it. And I was shocked. And part of that was the fact that my body just needed to like run faster and change things up um, from the easy running that I was doing. Um, so for IT band pain, you can get significant relief in just right. like one treatment. Um, you know, I've had an issue over the years of calf pain reoccurring. And while, while I prefer someone to treat it, um, I went to another guy just because I wanted some more like prevention so that I wouldn't have to kind of go see this guy all the time, that sort of thing. So if they're not giving you like specific strengthening exercises to do, then maybe think about, you know, you could either ask them for some or think about going to see somebody else. Yeah, I really liked how at the beginning you talked about like professional teams have several athletic trainers and like physical therapists like they have these people on staff and it's not because like the whole team's injured right it's because flare-ups happen i mean and if you're someone who's going to be running several days a week it's a high contact sport your contact with the ground it's intense um just things are probably going to flare up over the course of your running career um eventually you know maybe you're you're really lucky and you don't really run a lot of work i mean if you don't do a lot of workouts and you're not really like increasing a lot of stress variables you're probably pretty safe but if you're someone who's like you know training for goals and, and trying to get your body to like right. respond to like stress variables like increasing mileage doing workouts um sometimes people it's just the natural thing that's going to happen um if you are training really hard sometimes it just flares up i mean it happens to professional runners it happens to recreational runners it happens to professional uh, like athletes in every sport and so that's why there are physical therapists out there that's why there are um chiropractors all of these things who can help with 
these injuries. And I think the first time I was, not the first time, but like one of the first times I was injured in 2014, it wasn't really like a severe injury. It was something that would like flare up maybe like five, six miles into a run. Um, and it was like this knee pain and, and obviously runners get really afraid when it's like something knee or you you think like mm-hmm. worst case scenario. So it's like, I didn't really know any better. I was like thinking worst case scenario. I'm like, oh no, like this isn't something you mess around with. Um, and I avoided kind of going to the doctor based off of like this fear that like either A, I was going to be told that I couldn't run anymore or B, like I was worried I wasn't um, going to be able to heal it or I didn't want to like hear news that there was something wrong with my knee, right? So I kind of avoided it for several months and then eventually like I got to a point where I was like, I need to do something about this. Um, went to go see someone who did active release therapy. Um, literally after like two treatments, it was pretty much cured. It ended up being like a knot in my quad. So it was actually funny in retrospect because it's like that was something that could have been pretty much taken care of several months earlier had I just gone and like gotten this knot worked out in my quad, um, the tendonitis. And I could have been like running pain-free. I probably would have been able to do the marathon I was signed up for that fall. But um, just being stubborn like I was, you know, in my early 20s, not really knowing any better, I kind of avoided it. And so I think the best thing that you can do is go right away to get it checked out because sometimes it is more of a lengthy process, right? You might go to one person and they might not have the remedy. And so it's better to kind of start that process right away at the beginning than to be at a point where you can't even run anymore and then have to be like frantically um, trying to figure out who's going to like help you. And I know just my brother, for example, he was telling me, oh, like I have this foot problem, foot problem. I'm like, you have plantar fascia. Like you need to go see someone because eventually it's going to get really bad where you're not going to be able to run. Didn't listen, didn't listen. I was like, you need to go (laughs) see someone for, um, because I got, what did I get done? Shockwave. Shockwave therapy. And I was just like raving about it. I'm like, just go see someone. This is like a game changer. So anyways, he got to a place where he couldn't run anymore, couldn't barely even walk anymore. Um, And again, the process to get him back to like running, it took several months, um, upwards of like half of a year. So if that process maybe would have started a little bit sooner, it could have maybe, you know, expedited mm-hmm. getting to that recovery phase. And I know people don't like to take, take a lot of time off of running. So I think the sooner that you can go in and the even if you're still able to like run and it's not even painful, better to go in right away. Even though it's, you know, maybe going to be 60 or 100 bucks, it's better to right. bite the bullet now than wait um, and go later. Because the bottom line is this is an investment. It's your body. If you're someone who's going to, you know, be into running, it's just kind of like the price that you might have to pay for some of these things that we're asking our bodies to do. Yeah, another note on kind of like uh, finding the right person in your area. You know, it's it's helpful if you find someone who has a passion for helping runners. So maybe someone that enjoys endurance activities. And that's kind of the doctors that I've connected with in the Twin Cities area here over the years is they you know, they help other runners or they've done marathons themselves. And so they are very knowledgeable about the specific injuries you might have, but they also want to help. And so, you know, if times are tight or whatnot, your, your insurance, you can't afford the copay. A lot of times they might just do like an out-of-pocket payment for payment plan for you as well. So don't let that, you know, be a, a factor or a reason why you don't go. Um, and then too, with like, with my past, you know, calf injuries, I've, I've let it get to a point where it's so bad where I I can't run a step because it's 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 like a grade two calf strain basically and it needs mm-hmm. to be completely reworked re-strengthened before you can even run and so that requires like four to six treatments and then a couple weeks off and just like hammering it with strength and because i've had so many of those over the years i've kind of learned um 
you know, I've listened to other expert coaches who've even gone through the same things. Um, how to like kind of watch for that and prevent that so that it never gets to that point. And so mm. kind of realizing like, Hey, my cast kind of tight today. I should foam roll or I should do some eccentric exercises before or after my run, um, just to help kind of loosen and strengthen. So you've kind of learned to kind of watch what are the, like the warning signs, um, for reoccurring injuries. And so that's one way by, by getting regular treatment, you can hopefully help prevent these issues from recurring. And I know you're very smart about how to prevent the plantar fascia, mm-hmm. because if the second you start to feel something flare up in your foot, you're probably going back to your foot exercises. Um, right. And I mean, that's kind of like the downside to these injury things. I mean, obviously, the first time you something flares up and you realize like, okay, this is probably going to be an injury. Um, it can be like almost like this moment of desperation, panic, fear. Um, all those feelings totally valid because it's like there is the unknown. You're not really sure. But I think just really addressing it head on and kind of recognizing like where you're at is super important so that you can be like upfront and honest with yourself. Um, the next thing is, you know, once you're in that recovery phase, so it's like you're almost in recovery for for like forever, right? So it's something you always have to be watching out for. So I've had plantar fasciitis in the past coming back postpartum maybe a little bit too quickly, um, being a little heavier than I was before and then kind of like starting to really increase the mileage um, pretty quickly postpartum when I was still um, like 25 pounds heavier than my racing weight. It was like really upping the mileage. Um, so something I had to give and it ended up being my foot, right? So plantar fascia, I do have like a heel spur, so I am pretty susceptible to that. Um, so there's just, I've had like imaging done on my feet. So there's just a lot that you learn from going into these people and getting gait analysis done, getting imaging done. And you realize like, oh, I'm actually really susceptible to this particular injury for whatever reason. Um, there's just so much that goes into the anatomy of the human body. So if you're able to find a doctor that can really explain things to you, um, you can start to realize like, oh, okay, this is really important. I really need to like focus on this. And I actually have like pre-arthritis in my big toes and I'm only 30 years old. So at the time that was really alarming, but really I took it as like an empowering thing and realizing like, okay, I just need to do like a lot of these strength exercises. Um, he said, you can totally still run. It's so good to do all these things, but it's just all about how can we prevent it from getting worse and to not have these flare-ups come up. Um, so just being diligent about the physical therapy exercises that you are given and then just always kind of being on the lookout and always being watchful. Um, anytime I like do, do like a run in the trails for the first time in a while or do like a really long run or a hard workout and I feel something kind of like a niggle on my foot, I'll make sure to really be on the lookout and on the watch and make sure to kind of decrease and not not overdo things and let the foot really recover because as soon as you kind of get in that vicious cycle of not um, allowing the full recovery, that's when like kind of the consecutive flare-ups can start happening. And so this is why I think it's really good to go over like phase one, two, three, and four of returning to exercise. So once you are cleared from the doctor to exercise, um, I was cleared almost immediately from the plantar fasciitis injury that I'm talking about. The doctor was like, yeah, go out and run. Um, if it hurts, like don't. But there are some people that have to take significant amount of time off. Like if you have a bone related injury or if you have something that's really preventing you from running um, or if you're coming back postpartum, there's just so many things where you take some time off and then you're coming back. And so then I would start with this phase one. So you really wanna be testing the water, just making sure um, that you feel good while you're running. And so that's really important to actually start back with run walks. And I know a lot of people are probably cringing when they hear that. So you're gonna to want to like actually start with run walks. And so what that is gonna look like is like, 
five, 10 minute walking warm up. Then you're going to jog for 30 to 60 seconds and then you're going to walk for a minute. And I know what you're thinking. I didn't lose that much fitness. I don't understand. I want to go out mm-hmm. for a three mile run. The reason being that you would want to do a run walk instead of a full out run is because when you are doing a full out run, your body is releasing a lot of hormones, feel good hormones. You get the endorphins, all that stuff. You're maybe not fully aware of what is going on inside your body at that moment. So it's really important to take those walk breaks so that we can assess how does my foot actually feel and not be totally blindsided at the end of a run. Oh my gosh, my foot really hurts now. So that's why we recommend the run walks and because it's like less stress on the body, right? So if you're breaking it up with the walks in between, you're actually allowing your body a little bit more grace and time. So it's not aerobically that you physically can't run three miles, five miles, whatever. It's that physiologically, like on the muscular system, you have an injury and we need to progress that load slowly. And so this is what's gonna be best for the muscular system and coming back from an injury is with run walks. And we actually have a plan on our website. If you go to www.runforprs.com under free program, it's called Build From Ground Zero. And this is a great six week program that goes over various run walks over the course of four weeks, kind of building you back into one mile continuous running. And this is a really great program for someone that maybe hasn't ran in a while or they've suffered from a pretty severe injury. Um, and it also just gives some ideas for what 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 would these run walks look like. So that's gonna be phase one. Phase two is going to be just these easy base mileage runs. So once you kind of get up to a point where you're able to run two to three miles, four miles at a time, um, feeling pretty good, what we're gonna start doing is we're still keeping it every other day running. So you never want to like run back to back consecutive days. That extra day allows for the muscular system to recover better. Back-to-back running days is actually pretty stressful on the body. So we're gonna do every other day, but maybe we're increasing. So if you're up to maybe a 20 minute run, we're maybe gonna increase to 25 minutes and then back down to 20 minutes and then to 30 minutes the next run. So it's just like every other run, you're gonna increase a little bit until you kind of reach that like 45, um, 50 minute threshold there. Um, then phase three, you're going to maybe attempt to do some back-to-back running days, um, kind of testing the waters there, see how your body responds to that. If this is something that you were doing pre-injury. So if you're someone that was running on back-to-back days, pre-injury, this is where we might reintroduce that. So what this might look like is doing, um, once you've built up to like 45, 30 minute runs, you might do two runs on back-to-back days that are between 20 to 25 minutes. So just doing something really short, small, see how the body responds, take your rest day, and then continue running. So you're trying to build back to those back-to-back running days. We're not really gonna be increasing your mileage too much this week. We're just gonna see how your body responds to those back-to-back days. Um, And then in phase four, we are going to be reintroducing some faster pace work. So before this, we were all just doing 100% easy mileage. Um, Then we kind of added that one back-to-back running day. And now we're just gonna see how does the body respond to some faster stuff. And what that's gonna look like is one run, you're gonna do strides, just strides at the end of the run. So four by 20 seconds at a fast pace with a full two minute recovery in between. Um, Doing that, just at like a 5K effort, no need to go crazy. Um, Another thing you could do coming back, like a good workout is a progressive, progressive run. So you're starting at a very easy pace, maybe getting down to like marathon effort at the end depending on how the body feels, but let your body kind of dictate that. So those are good um, workouts back. You're only probably gonna wanna do one workout a week, maybe one day of strides, see how your body responds, and slowly progress from there. So really, as you can see, this is phase one, two, three, and four. Each one of these phases can take anywhere between like two to six weeks. And so if they all take 
you know, five weeks on average and there's four phases, that's 20 weeks to get back to just doing some workouts. And I think what people really need to do is just be realistic with themselves and don't just because someone on Instagram kind of like jump back into injury or this person on Instagram like never gets injured. This person on Strava says they're injured and they're still running like 60 miles a week. Um, we really need to focus on ourselves. We need to focus on like what's going to be best for our body in the long term. So most people want to be runners for a very long time. Um, they want to have goals that are five years in the future, two years in the future. So you need to really be in that moment of okay, I'm injured and what's going to be best for my long-term success is going to be a slow progressive plan like this. And yeah, it might take 20 weeks, but really 20 weeks is only like five months. And if that's going to set you up for success in the next 50 months or 20 months, it's definitely worth that investment of slowing down, doing less. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you just nailed that, that plan, you know, that comeback plan with the four phases you know, obviously mm -hmm. the longer ends of that, that's fairly conservative, um, you know, depending on the, the injury that you have. But, you know, I would say f for those of you that have, you know, you're working with a doctor or a, a PT or something and, and you have a run coach, it's nice to be able to um, kind of gauge their, what their advice and what they're prescribing in terms of like, you know, your startup again and your, in the amount of volume that you can handle um, and sort of just kind of get a feel and monitor things. So maybe you need to kind of, uh, or maybe your, maybe your comeback is going faster than you, going better than you expected. So you can kind of, um, you know, put the hammer down a little bit faster or maybe vice versa. You're just not feeling good. Um, you thought you would progress faster than that. And so, you know, it's still questionable to kind of keep, keep increasing the mileage. And so you're going to pump the brakes a bit. And so that's why it's nice to kind of keep uh, in contact with your coach and have someone to monitor, but then also keep going in for those recurring visits, um, even for like tune-ups, just to make sure that uh, things are feeling good. And so, yeah, it's such a fun topic because I know you can go so many different directions with it. Um, injuries are definitely um, frustrating for runners to have to go through. Um, but I think like you mentioned, a lot of people online, like they might post about something and it might not even be like that big of an injury, but they're just kind of looking for attention, sympathy, whatever it is from people um, or people that relate to, you know, just because it's sometimes it's tough. And so um, you never know what, you know, and the same injury might affect two different people differently as well. So it might take you, you know, three days off and it might take someone else three weeks off in order mm. to overcome that. And so that's why it's really important to to know that we're all kind of different. Our body on a biological level is going to repair harm uh, different at different rates. Um, some people who are really consistent with strength training, like you, you may overcome an injury a lot faster than I would, who's sort of been inconsistent over the years with strength training. And so I think it's really important to, um, keep that in mind that, you know, during these phases of your return, you're incorporating the mobility, the strength work so that you can kind of get back even faster. Right. Yeah. A lot of interesting points there towards the end is like everyone's body is different. And I know on a genetic level, um, people like certain people just have like more dense bones than others like that or stronger connective tissue as well. Um, and that's part of that is genetic, right? So the reason that someone on Instagram or maybe people see me, they're like, how the heck do you run like so much, right? And not get hurt. Um, honestly, I do think there is a genetic component. Like no one in my family has ever had any sort of bone related injury. Um, we like we don't really like have any history of that, but I do know there are some people that like constantly get stress fractures. And I think that can just be like a bone density issue. Some mm -hmm. of that obviously is gonna be mm -hmm. nutritional related. And so I know some people like under fuel. Um, a really common question people ask is like, oh, like do you, um, do you get a regular period and it, I've never had an issue with that. And I would say that, that was, that's going to be like a really big red flag that 
you're susceptible to um, bone related injuries when you're in a state where you're not menstruating obviously not old enough for that would be an issue but your your bone density when you're not menstruating is a lot lower um, I even have a friend who she didn't have a period for like 10 years and they did a bone density scan and she was 30 and she her bone density was the same as like a 70 year old and so the reason that she was constantly getting stress factors is because she was running in pretty high mileage but this bone density was an issue um, obviously that's kind of gonna be unique person to person but if you're someone listening and you have had um, stress fracture issues in the past I think looking to work with a dietitian and trying to figure out what sort of supplements you can take and what sort of tweaks you can do to your diet can help you kind of reestablish um, maybe some stronger bones and get getting your cycle back all those things is gonna be really good um, so just keeping those things in mind is also really important um, because there's so many factors that come into play when it's the human body obviously um, so I really appreciate everyone tuning into this. I know this is kind of a tough topic for people. It's really hard to be injured, but we love to support people on their journey back. And our motto is always like trying to create runners more for a lifetime. Like we're thinking more on the long term rather than the short term. We don't really like when people try to like jeopardize, um, you know, their long term future for a short term gain. We don't um, kind of support that. So if you're someone who's looking to maybe be a runner for a long time, you want to kind of get off that injury train and you're just trying to build into someone who like maybe doesn't get injured as much or isn't as susceptible to injury and you're just kind of sick of this injury train, we would love to chat with you and talk about ways that we can like tweak your training and kind of maybe help you get back on that path to success with your running and be in it for the long run. So if you're interested in a free seven day trial, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com. Again, that is going to give you a free seven day coaching trial working with a coach to help you. That's www.runforprs.com. Fill out the form there and you can get your free seven day trial. Thanks for tuning in.